0: Block
1: Talk Radio. What's up everybody? My name is Clifton Pettyjohn and you are listening to Transformation Radio where we transform lives through purposeful conversation.
2: Up, don't look down, then watch the answers unfold, life is your birthright, say he dead in a fine break, uh, take the pen and rewrite it, step out your estimate, step in your essence and know that you're excellent, right, spirit is teaching, no, I'm not just preaching, I'm taking my own advice, let mama let you know, mama's still trying, I can't get no days off, I don't get no days off, truly I'm feeling it, I have to Say that thing twice Trying to be a good wife Still really hard, I can't lie But I promised you I will fight So I fight If you're feeling frustrated you thinking I'm jumping in Forgiveness is key Because we're fighting something way bigger You never lose, we are winners I'll be the roots, you'll be the tree That's all the fruit that was given to me Legacy Part of something way bigger. bigger. You're part of something way bigger. Bigger than you, bigger than we, bigger than the picture they framed us to see. Legacy. Oh. You're part of something way bigger. Let love be the water. Poison you need to me There ain't no drought here, blooming through our actual power. I'll be a sanctuary, you just don't know it, you just don't know it yet. No matter how hard it gets, you got my blood in here, you, you're gonna Again, better wake up because you are part of something way bigger. You're part of something way bigger. I'll be the root, you'll be the tree. That's on the fruit that was given to me. Legacy. Ah, uh, we're part of something way bigger.
1: What's up everybody? Welcome to Transformation Radio. That's right, Transformation Radio, where we transform lives through purposeful conversations, regardless of how uncomfortable and unpopular those conversations are. My name is Clifton Pettyjohn. I'm a purpose strategist, author, transformation coach, and spiritual leader. I provide tools and strategies to transition you from a life of merely existing to living a life full of of purpose i want to thank each and every one of you for joining us on tonight that intro song i just want everybody to understand with everything that we have going on in the world right now that we all are a part of something way bigger way bigger than we can think way bigger than we can imagine way bigger than we can see way bigger than whatever it is that we are facing we are a part of something far greater than that so i want to encourage everybody on tonight to understand that yes, we are in the midst of some trying times, but understand that if we hold on just a little while longer, I know it sounds a little cliche, but if we hold on a little while longer, we will understand the purpose behind everything that we are going on. Let's not have an amazing guest on tonight. I'm excited that she is joining us on tonight. I do like to go over a little ground rules. If this is your first time listening, I appreciate you. If You are a faithful listener. I appreciate you as well. But I always like to let everybody know that we want everybody to be a part of the conversation. That's right. This is not just a conversation between two. This is a conversation between all of us. So if something is said that sparks something inside of you or something is said that reminds you of a hope or you have a question about something that uh, my guest says or that I say, feel free to call in. The call-in number is 516-387-1756. Again, 516-387-1756. Now, I do have a couple of ground rules or expectations, rather, uh, for those of us that are calling. this show is a representation of diversity, which means that my guests, myself, we all have different backgrounds and belief systems. Uh, One of the things that I do uh, here in in everything that I do is create a safe space or a secured environment for everyone to express thoughts, opinions, and beliefs in a respectful manner without being attacked. So if you disagree with something I say or something my guest says, that's okay. But just make sure that we do it uh, from a respectful place because I believe when we do it from a respectful place, we learn and grow together, and then we begin to create a greater world uh, for ourselves and for the generations that are to come. So when you call in, remember that, because I do have to say this. I hate to say it. haven't had to do it yet, and I'm believing tonight we're not going to have to do it again. But if you call in and you're a little disrespectful, a lot of disrespectful, I'm going to have to hit that X button on you, okay? But like I said, we're not going to have that on tonight because we have an amazing guest that's going to come. She's going to share her story. She's going to share about her ministry, her uh, authorship. She's just going to freely share whatever it is that the Lord lays on her heart to share. So without further ado, let's jump right in. I want to welcome to the show for the first time, Jamie Green. How are you?
3: Good evening. Good evening. I'm good. Can you hear me? Okay.
1: Yes, I hear you very well. I hear you very well. Thank you again for joining us on tonight.
3: Yes, I'm just so happy and honored to be here to share with you tonight.
1: Awesome, awesome. And before we do get into the questions, I just want to say to our first-time listeners, I did not read her bio. Her bio is listed in the link of the show. I don't read (laughs) bios on the show. And the reason why I don't read bios on the show is because I believe in organic introduction. And sometimes when we read bios, some people are intimidated by bios, and then some people, some just shut down because of of the wording of specific things in bios. So I always like for our guests, uh, for our listening audience to meet our guests and be amazed by their journey to get where, Their bio explains where they are. So that's why if you're listening and wondering why I did not read the bio, we do not do that on the show. But it is listed on the site for those who would like to see it. All right. So now let's jump right in. As I said, I start with an icebreaker question. I ask everybody the same icebreaker question. If you had one superpower or could have one superpower, what would that superpower be and why? Oh wow!
3: If I had a superpower, it would be to heal all physical illnesses. Mhm. I would. And again, um, it, it.
1: Go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, go ahead.
3: No, I was just saying I would no. like to be able to just uh, touch people and they be healed. And mm-hmm. especially these last couple of years or so, I've had my own uh, health challenges, and I understand um, how they can uh, stop you or hinder you. Is not stop you, they definitely uh, change the way that you operate. And I would just like mm-hmm. for everybody to be physically able to do what it is that they have been assigned to do.
1: Awesome, awesome, and the reason why I asked that question, and it, it has never failed every guest I have, every guest always answers the question according to what they've been called and designed to do, and <laughs> that's why I always like to. That's why I always like to ask that question because some people are like that's a very silly question, but it's really not. It's not as silly as we think it is. It, it tells the heartstrings of each yeah. individual person that answers that very question, and we're going to talk about healing. A little bit later, but before we get to that, I do want to play a quick game of word association, all right, okay, mhm, all right, so the first word is life life journey journey mhm, okay. The second word is ministry
3: outside the walls.
1: Yes. Now, I want to stay right there just for a minute. Has mm-hmm. has that always been your mindset concerning ministry, or is that something that it grew into, um, you know, as you grew up, you know, being a PK and everything? Is that something that it developed and grew into, or is that something you had, you know, even at a young age, like, we got to take this out of here?
3: When I was younger, I always felt like that we should be doing more, something more than what we were doing but I didn't know how to identify what it is that I was Mm -hmm. hungering for. Um, Mm -hmm. I always seem to be attracted to or attached to uh, people who were not churched per se. And um, so whenever I would present an idea to the leadership in the church, it would always involve evangelism or outreach outside of the actual Mm -hmm. church itself.
1: Okay. Now, Let's talk about that just just for a couple more minutes because of the current state that our world is in right now. (laughs) And through your eyes, through your viewpoint, what does ministry look like right now? Because, you know, a lot of people's ideology of ministry has really been tore up, you know, because a lot of people associate ministry with church and we're at a place where people can't, you know, the, the whole physically gathering together has been interrupted. Yep. So what, what are some, uh, I guess, some ideas ministry-wise or, or what would ministry look like right now to to meet the needs of those that are out there that, number one, have lost people that were close to them just suddenly, mm-hmm. and everybody else that that feels as if, man, my whole world has been rocked from a financial standpoint, from an emotional standpoint, yeah. and all of those things.
3: Well, I will tell you one thing that really stands out for me with regard to uh, the condition of the church today is that we have all been brought to a place where our titles mean absolutely nothing. Um, Our church positions mean absolutely nothing. Uh, We're all hungry. We're all sick. We're all broke. Mm. We're all Mm. uh, losing loved ones. Our title is not stopping us from losing loved ones. I know personally seven people that have uh, contracted the coronavirus. And Mm. three of them were bishops. Two of them were evangelists. So your title and all that is irrelevant at this point. And I think that what we're learning or what we should be learning um, as the body of Christ at this point is that all of this sitting high and looking low that we've been doing all these years, uh, we've now all been brought down to the same position, number one.
0: Mm-hmm. And number
3: two, no matter how much you love the Lord, uh, how much you say you covered with the blood or whatever, uh, the coronavirus doesn't care about that. And the enemy mm-hmm. does not care about that. So people of yeah. all levels are being attacked. Some are being healed and some are dying. And what I'm seeing mm-hmm. uh, in the church is a real need for mental health um, as a focus of yes. our ministry. Uh, for, for years, we, you know, we uh, don't want to talk about mental health issues because mm-hmm. everything was a demon, or um, yes. if you, you know, read your Bible and you seek the Lord, you wouldn't be going through this. You wouldn't be depressed. You wouldn't be whatever. But now we're all having those days and those moments of depression where we're overwhelmed. And so this is an area that we definitely are going to have to deal with in our churches.
1: Absolutely. I totally agree. And I like how you brought out the point that um, it's affecting all of us because sometimes, and I heard somebody say this the other day and I cringed, that um, I'm not worried about no coronavirus because I'm covered by the blood. So, And I'm, exactly. my mindset is, How can you have that mindset when we're losing bishops, we're losing pastors, we're losing people that have held on, you know, to their faith for years? And your mindset is that that scares me because what do you say to that widow now who husband faithfully or wife faithfully has been, you know, serving God and they were hit with that virus and now they're no longer with us? What do you say to them, you know, to help? keep them encouraged because i've seen a lot of people very discouraged and to be honest we've carried titles very well we carried positions very well but we yeah. haven't mastered the art of ministry i i, I that's just my personal yeah, love, assessment as a whole we haven't mastered yeah. the art of ministry we we got church down path. oh we we Absolutely. got church down past and that's why we can't function right now Because they've taken the very thing that we have down pat. And my prayer has constantly been through this is that people will really understand what ministry is. That's why I stopped right there to focus heavily on that word because I think that sometimes that word has lost weight and value because we've thrown it out there so loosely. Exactly. I
3: totally agree.
1: All right, so here we go. The third word. <laughs> the third word is purpose. Purpose.
3: Distraction.
1: Mm. Okay, I want you to elaborate on that one.
3: Um, because the majority of the people that I speak with when we start talking about purpose they immediately begin to list all of the reasons why they can't fulfill the purpose. So they immediately right, right. become distracted by what they can't do and what they tried that didn't work and the people that told them they couldn't do it. So whenever I think of purpose, mm-hmm. I automatically think of people being distracted and what I need to do to bring them back into focus.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, I have another question about purpose, uh, and I'm probably mm-hmm. asked this question a lot of times, and I always like to hear people's thoughts on it. How do you discover your purpose? How did, how did you discover your purpose?
2: I
3: believe that the thing that we are most passionate about will eventually mm-hmm. develop into clarity of purpose. Mm. Ever since I was a child, ever since I can remember, um, I've always I always felt like an outsider for one thing. And so okay. I was always uh, looking for ways to express how I felt. And that would be writing, um, writing poems, uh, writing in my journal, uh, writing songs or whatever the case may be. And I was always seen to be drawn to people that other people didn't want to be bothered with. And so as I got older, I realized that my passion, uh, my my family used to tease me. I could look at a television commercial and start crying because I would be breaking down uh, why such and such a person was hurt in that commercial or (laughs) <laughs> Excuse me. something like that and mm-hmm. so it's, I remember I was around 8 years old <clears throat> We were out to eat as a family one night and my mother I, I was crying as usual I was always crying about something I don't even remember what I was crying about but I was crying and my mother said to me if you don't stop being so sensitive you are going to have a rough life Mhm. And like I said, I was seven or eight years old, and she probably forgot those words as soon as she spoke them. But even right to this day, I believe that those words shaped my life because I remained sensitive, but I trained myself to swallow it. Whenever Mm. I was hurting or when something bad was happening to me, I trained myself not to say anything for two reasons. One, because she told me that if I didn't stop uh, being sensitive, I was going to have a bad life. So I felt like if I responded to whatever pain I had on the inside, if I let it out, then it was my fault that something bad happened to me. And so Mm -hmm. as I got older, I realized that people who were, feeling the same way, I was drawn to those people. And I felt like I provided them with a place to release the pain. And so that passion became so great for me that it dawned on me, maybe late teens, early 20s, that this is my purpose. And this is why I butt heads so many times with other people uh, in ministry, old school per se, because my Mm -hmm. ideas, they said, were always outside the box and outside tradition right. and whatever, but that's mm-hmm. my purpose.
1: Now, just that last part you just said right there um, mm-hmm. about uh, butting heads with, with the old school uh, concept. Did, mm-hmm. Was there ever a time in your life where you felt the need to compromise your purpose to fit in, or was it you just I know this is what my purpose is and I'm just going to do it.
3: I I I'm sure I compromised um several times or lots of times mm-hmm. you know growing up or whatever but I also very clearly remember times when they would uh you know it would be brought to my attention very loudly that I was going against mm-hmm. uh what they were yeah. you know telling me to do and I very loudly responded this is why I'm doing it this way because you all taught me to hear God for myself.
0: Right. Now you
3: can't tell me that I'm not hearing him because he's not telling me what you want me to hear. So Uh. either you train me to hear him and you trust that I hear him or you don't. Um, I remember this this might make you laugh or it might not, but one of my aunts, uh, she was a bishop and um, she had a church. And I was scheduled to do a week a youth revival at her church. And mm-hmm. a few days before the revival started, I dyed my hair honey blonde. And um <laughs> somebody told her that they had seen me in the mall. My hair was honey blonde and, yeah. you know, I had all my makeup and you know, I was right. really hot back then, praise the Lord, Hallelujah. And so, um <laughs> <they> <laughs> So they told her they saw me, whatever. So she calls my mother. She didn't even call me. Mm -hmm. She calls my mother to tell me that unless I dye my hair back blonde, that I couldn't do the revival. So I told my mother to tell her, okay, then, well, thanks for, um, you know, inviting me, but I won't be there. So Mm
0: -hmm. we
3: had this big family meeting, and they were saying to me, Uh, my Aunt Peggy was still living then and uh, so she was there and they were saying they couldn't understand why it was more important to me to keep my hair blonde than it was to Mm -hmm. minister so I -hmm. explained it to them I said because it's hypocritical to me for me to stand in the pulpit like you all do and say God is not concerned about your hair God is not concerned about your Clothes he is concerned about Your heart he wants you to Surrender your life to him It's hypocritical for me to preach That but at the same Time I say now you Can come to him with your Hair blonde but he won't Keep you if you keep it Blonde once you come to him you got to Dye it back black that doesn't make Any sense (laughs) So what What happened was I was told that, you know, a lot of doors would be closed because I wouldn't wear my hair covered covered up. I wouldn't do none of that. And I didn't see this being rebellious. I just saw it because I prayed. I honestly prayed, and I asked God. I said, if you tell me that I have the wrong attitude about this as far as, you know, what I wear and whatever, then I will stop doing it. But I need to hear from you. And this is what he said to me. He's not concerned. He was not concerned about the hair, the makeup, the jewelry, the pants, or whatever. He said, my concern is the spirits that have come along with these liberties. Yes. Yes. And yes. so we need to focus on those spirits. And mm-hmm. instead of worrying about, because I've seen plenty Uh, Women with their hair covered up The long skirts No makeup, no whatever And they were some of the meanest and nastiest people
0: You ever
3: want to meet in your life So it's not about Mm -hmm. what I had on It was about the ability to win souls to Christ And so, you know, after we had Mm -hmm. that meeting And I explained to them My assignment is to win souls to the kingdom My assignment is not to just Mm -hmm. sit here with you all Arguing about whether or not I need to cover my head up or not So what happened was mm-hmm. They told me a lot of doors would be closed If I wouldn't, you know, go along with the whatever And that was fine Because you know what I had to actually turn down appointments At churches That wanted a word mm-hmm. from the Lord They weren't concerned mm-hmm. about what I had on And so mm-hmm. I had a preacher say to me one time She After service was over, she called me in the altar She said, I'm going to tell you something She said when we heard you were coming from the Holiness Church, she said some of my people were really concerned. She said because every time we have a preacher come, they you know bashing the people, dogging the people out, telling Mm -hmm. them they're going to hell, this, that, and other. And so when you walked in and I saw you, first of all, I couldn't believe that you were a Holiness preacher because again, I had the honey blonde hair, I had done the eyeshadow, the mm-hmm. lipstick, all of that. I was like a size six, size eight, you couldn't tell me nothing. And um <laughs> and and so um she said, but your whole spirit, your whole attitude was mm-hmm. so receptive and so warm that we had no choice but to receive you. And so this is what I went back and said to my family members. This is what we're being called to do. This is our purpose. Right. It's not our job to go around trying to dress people. It's our job to introduce people to Christ. And so that's that was where, you know, the whole, back, you know, bucking heads and bang, you know, not going along with the whatever. I, I always had a problem with that. I've always had that.
1: But, you know, you said something that was so key to me. Um, you said, y'all taught me to hear the voice of God for myself. Now, you're either going to trust that I can hear the voice of God or you're not. You can't change it because what God is telling me is different than what you desire for me to do. And I think that that is one of the biggest battles that a lot of people face, uh, especially when what you're called to do goes against the grain. And I'm so glad you said that because so many people need to hear that they're not being rebellious. That they are, yeah. you know, that, that they're not, they don't have a reprobate mind, you know, because yeah. they're doing exactly what God called them to do. And if they don't stand up and do it, then look at the people that are going to be lost, the generations that are going to be lost <laughs> from them not being willing to step out and do it. So I love that. Now I want to talk great, this is good, we were talking about family. The next word is legacy.
3: Hmm. Legacy, um, shoulders,
1: shoulders, and can you, you know, I'm gonna ask you to elaborate on that too. Okay,
3: <laughs> I believe <laughs> that um, my legacy and and the legacy of my sister and our children and whatever, um, we're standing on the shoulders of our parents, and. Yes. Um, we don't do things exactly like they did it. But that's to me that's what legacy is a foundation, but you have to build on that foundation. And that's what we're doing and we we do it differently. My sister and I are two totally different people. We have two do- different personalities. Um she used to tease me, she's because she said I was more people oriented, people driven. Mm-hmm. And she's more task driven. Um okay. like, you know, she'll give you a whole list of this is what we need to do, blah, 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 blah. And I have to mm-hmm. stop her as a guy and say, Okay, but we need to f- we need to address the people that we're gonna need to get this done. And we need mm-hmm. to make sure that people are comfortable and that people are understanding what we want from them. <clears throat> so that is a part of our legacy. Um, sometimes when I say things Uh, some people say they're humorous Um, and then somebody will say to me oh my god you sound just like your mom when you said that or you sound just like your dad when you said that so I think all of that is a part of our legacy without even forcing it that's just what we do
1: now how important is legacy
3: I think it's extremely important because um, it gives you a foundation Um, I think Mm -hmm. one of the problems in the world in general, but in the church world in particular, a lot of times is we have people uh, just spitting out, you know, they're going out there doing whatever it is they're doing um, with no foundation, no structure, no foundation, um, Mm
0: -hmm.
3: no order, just wake Mm -hmm. up one morning and just decide I'm going to go do this, and then you wonder why it's not successful, but If you don't have a foundation upon what you're building, you know, not one building will stand if there is no foundation. And so it's the same thing with our lives. You know, it's what I try to teach my children and even my grandchildren. You know, I try to remind them of, of the legacy that they come from, the foundation they come from. And then whatever, you know, direction their lives go in, you know, that's between them and God. But at least they know they have a foundation. Also mm-hmm. All
1: right. The next word is empower.
3: Empower, strengthen. Strengthen.
1: Okay. We'll come back to that. Okay. Oh, go ahead. No, you go ahead. You're good.
3: No, I was going to say, whenever I think of the word strengthen, I think of um the scripture. And I can't remember a word for it at the moment, but it says that after you have been strengthened, then you're supposed to strengthen others and yes. it- It concerns me when I see people who are in a position to help uh in a position to uplift and when you say help, you know a lot of times people's minds automatically go to money, but sometimes money. people just need <laughs> a hug sometimes people right. just you know I've had people say, well, I'm not helping nobody because nobody didn't help me. And I I think that's one of the worst things I could ever hear anybody say. No. I don't want, no. I'm not helping nobody. I ain't doing nothing for nobody. That's crazy to me because I wasn't raised that way. I wasn't trained that way. My heart, it, it, it's not in my heart to be like that. And so
0: mm-hmm.
3: I think it's very important that we strengthen one another. You may have something that I need today and tomorrow I might have something that you need, but we're constantly pouring mm-hmm. into each other and strengthening each other. Yeah. And that's
1: how we that's how we grow and I believe that's how we become even greater within ourselves when we can pull from one another and yeah. then pour back into each other as well. That that sense of community is is lacking a lot of times as you were talking about it's like you hear Some people say it, um, you know, I'm not helping nobody. Nobody helped me. But the reality is that if we take a look back, they may not have helped us the way that we wanted them to help us. But even Mm -hmm. in them telling us no, it helped us. In them walking away from us, it helped us. So I think sometimes we have to look at it, you know, from a different perspective and realize that, I call them transforming transformers. That says no need of you experiencing transformation if you're not going to help somebody else in their transformation. Okay, the next word is destiny.
3: Destiny. Mm. Still say journey for that one also.
1: Journey. Because
3: Mm. if I, but I'm on my journey. I have to keep my destination in front of me. And my purpose is what's carrying me, but it's carrying me toward my destiny. And so I have to walk out my journey understanding that the wind underneath my wings is my purpose and my passion, but ultimately it's carrying me to my destiny.
1: Now, I heard you say from destiny, you talk about destination, you're talking about journey, you're talking about purpose. What if I'm listening to mm-hmm. the book? I don't even believe I have a purpose. I don't even have no destination I'm working towards. I'm just going through life day-to-day just trying to survive. And, and that's
3: a very good question. I'm glad you brought that up because the reality of life is, that no matter how much people want you to think they got it all together all the time, yeah. nobody has it together all the time. And <laughs> Lord we, And I'm serious. And, and that's been one of my mm-hmm. greatest aggravations is um, because I, I'm a very real person. I'm very transparent. Sometimes I, they tell me I'm yeah. too transparent. But <laughs> if I'm uh, struggling with depression, I'm struggling with um anxiety, I will say that.
0: Mm-hmm. And right.
3: somebody, and then other people would inbox me or call me and text me and say, you know what, I'm battling the same thing, but I didn't want to say nothing because yep. you know how people look yep. at you differently. I said, but this right. is how you, first of all, you have to acknowledge that there is an issue. Then we can walk through the issue. I remember um, in 1995, I was hospitalized in um, a psychiatric, psychiatric community, unit for uh, a diagnosis mm-hmm. of major depression and anxiety disorder. Uh, mm-hmm. The church folks just went crazy, like the beating me half to death.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: With the whole, if you really love the Lord like you say you do, you wouldn't be depressed. If you read your Bible more, you would be depressed. If you would pray more, you wouldn't be depressed. And so I was going through all of this, like, oh, my God, maybe all these years I thought I loved God, I didn't love God. Or maybe I Mm -hmm. should just die, just all of this, all of this. And in the hospital, when I was in that room, I heard the voice of the Lord speak to my spirit. And I said, wait a minute, he's here. This is what I said to myself. Mm -hmm. He's here with me. He's not waiting for me to get out the hospital. He's here. Mm. And at that moment, I realized that on my best days, on my worst days, or the minutes in between, no matter what I'm going through, God is with me. And for those who are struggling to find purpose, they're struggling to find a reason to even be here, I encourage people all the time by telling them we are to live moment by moment. One of our biggest sources of stress, is worrying about tomorrow yeah. some of us get up in the morning and we just thankful we make it to lunchtime and that's <laughs> fine don't be don't worry about what's going to happen Thursday Friday Saturday Sunday just just get through yeah. today <laughs> just get through today I because will. every moment every moment is precious And if we just Mm -hmm. focus on what we need right this moment, you know, it'll be 10 minutes have passed and you're like, oh, my God, I'm still here. I made
1: it. Right. That's
3: what I encourage people to do. Mm -hmm.
1: And sometimes we're so focused on next, 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 tomorrow, the next week, the next month, that we miss moments. And I believe that every moment has a piece of the puzzle that we need for the next moment. And sometimes we Absolutely. miss those things because we're so focused on what's next. Well, I, I got to figure this thing out. I got to figure it out. And sometimes, you know, I, I, I've had to learn this over the years. Sometimes you just have to step back and breathe and enjoy right. the moment. Enjoy the moment. in your successes and in those things that seem not to be so successful, you have to enjoy the moment, because we think sometimes people are so successful and they're so great, and we don't even realize they're living outside of that success. They haven't really embraced that success because they're thinking and about, like, what's next? what I got to do next. So I love
3: it. What I have I to love do. it. Yeah. Because this is what and I, I learned. What and I'm going I'm to I'm say this, and I'm going I'm to I'm let it go. But this is what I Girl, learned some time ago. <laughs> that what I am at this very second, is a culmination mm. of every experience I've had since the day I was born. Yes.
0: Yes. The good
3: ones, the bad ones, the painful ones, the ones that made me laugh. Everything that has happened to me. This is why I have a problem with people, um, especially in the church, we have we are professionals at pretending stuff doesn't exist. <laughs> I mean, we are anointed to pretend if we're not anointed for anything else, and I, I, okay. I said this years ago, and of course, you know, it upset some people, but, you know, that's what I do. I take but um but right. what I said was that when you, like, when you get saved, you come to church, you give your life to the Lord, and then they say to you, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things mm-hmm. have passed away. All things have become new. So what this new babe is hearing is that everything that's happened to me before this day, I need to just forget about it.
1: Just forget about it. Throw it away.
3: And then two, three, four months down the road, uh, something triggers a memory of when you were molested or when you were beaten or Mm -hmm. whatever. And then all of a sudden, you right back in that place, and now the enemy is telling you, well, if you had really got saved, if you had really whatever, you wouldn't be feeling this." So this is why I tell people, everything that has happened to you since you came out of the womb is a culmination of where you are right now. (coughs) Mm -hmm. Each experience Mm -hmm. is important. Each experience carries a lesson, and we don't need to forget it. You know, I it really gets, I cringe when I hear people say, forget about the past, don't talk about the past. That burns me up because we don't mm-hmm. need to live in the past, but we can't forget where we come from.
1: Right, right, and well, I agree. <sighs> I totally agree, and oh. I feel like a lot of times that that's why people can't uh, identify their purpose is because, they've been conditioned and trained to forget so much. And the things that they are suppressing are connected to their purpose because somebody needs to hear your raw, uncut testimony. They need to know where it is that you came from so that they can realize, well, wait a minute, I can make it. This thing is for me too. It's not just for a a select group of people. So, yeah, I like that. That That was good. That was good. Okay, now next word, and we'll, we'll we have two more words. Then we're going to talk about some <laughs> okay. books. All right. Okay. <laughs> Transformation. All right.
3: Transformation. Uh, metamorphosis.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, and then the last word is healing.
3: Healing. is recovery with scars.
1: With scars. Now, can you talk about recovering with scars?
3: Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I think about, I've had, uh, seems like a million surgeries, but anyway, I've been in the operating room a lot mm-hmm. of times, okay?
0: Mm-hmm.
3: And um, one particular time I was in a teaching hospital where they were going to yeah. do the procedure. And it was about 20 people in, in the room. I thought, like, what in the world is going on in here? So the <laughs> nurse, you know, explained to me, you know, it was a teaching hospital. So she said, what are you here for? I had to confirm, you know, what procedure I was having done. And then she asked mm-hmm. everybody in the room, did they understand why I was there? And everybody mm-hmm. said yes. I've never had this experience before. So let me ask you a question. If somebody says no, what do we do? She said, mm. then we don't continue. She said the doctor oh, won't wow. even touch you until everybody in this room is clear about what their position is, what their assignment is,
0: mm. what their what
3: part what role they play. Nobody is gonna touch you until everybody here knows what they're supposed to be doing to help you had the best outcome, man, listen, that thing stuck with me. Like, so, so then I thought about it that after the procedure and everybody, you know, is doing their thing. And then you go into the recovery area, which a lot of times you don't even remember because of the anesthesia, right. but in the recovery room, Only certain people are allowed to be in there, Mm -hmm. and it is a sterile environment that is set up to protect you from anything that would cause you harm while you're recovering. And this is what I feel that we as a church are missing in a lot of areas, is that we're not covering people while they recover, and so they're being exposed. Exposed yeah. to a lot of things that they should not have been exposed to, have we been covering them properly? But those of us who do have the the experience of being covered properly while in recovery, a person is there knows mm-hmm. exactly what they're doing. <laughs> when we come out of there, we start going through the healing process, and every mm-hmm. day, I look in the mirror, I can see the scars on my neck, in the front part of my neck. From the first two surgeries, I see a scar in the back from two surgeries. And though I'm healed from that surgery, I still have those scars to remind me of that experience. (laughs) And so I think that what we have to understand is we just because you still have a memory of something and just because you may have a scar that you can see every now and then, that does not mean that you're not healed. Yes. And I think it's important for us to understand that because every now and then this area on my neck will start itching. And i start mm-hmm. scratching and then i have to remember how I got there.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: So that doesn't mean that I'm not healed. It just simply means that every now and then my scar acts up. And so this is what I think happens with a lot of us is when we've been, um, we've had things ripped out of us through a surgical procedure in our heart and our spirit and our soul and then we had to go through the healing process the recovery process and now we have a scar there that reminds us that we've been through that but we can't stay stuck in the operating room. We have to go through recovery and we have to go through healing and we have to move forward.
1: Awesome. Awesome. I love how you broke No, no, this is, like I told you, you are free to be you. This is your night, all right? But I love what you said there, how you took it it through each stage, but it was something that really stuck out when you said it. You were talking about the recovery room needing to be a sterile environment, and sometimes I feel that's the missing element for people to even receive the healing that they need. I think that sometimes we have lost the concept of the sterile environment. And yeah. then some have never experienced the pro- that, that part of the process. But that is so, 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 so important. That was the first thing you said that grabbed me. And then when you talked about the scars, because some people mm-hmm. are identifying. Now, if you're out there listening and you have scars from things you've been delivered from and the healing that you went through, whether it was emotional, physical, psychological, whatever type of healing it was, don't identify the scars anymore as a sign that you're not healed. Understand tonight, as the woman of God has said, those scars are just a testimony of the fact that you are healed. And they sit there as a reminder to remind you that you're healed. So, oh, man, that was good. That was good. That was good. Man, Thank that God. sterile environment. That I could stay right there from the ministry concept of it. Yeah, that's the, because the, you I always know about in that sterile
3: environment. Not everybody's allowed back there. Even when you're not in recovery, there. like they go out there, they tell your family members in the waiting room. You know, when she came through the surgery. Everything's fine. She's in recovery. She'll be in her in her room in about an hour. Then, and, and then that hour, only mm-hmm. that nurse only a couple of people are allowed to have to for you to be exposed mm-hmm. to and i think a lot of times we're exposing people to stuff that they're yes. not ready for
1: and it's crazy because sometimes we're exposing people to stuff they're not ready for and then the back end of it is people get upset when they feel as if it's time for them to do something that they're not yet ready to do That's but correct. you brought them there right you know, you bought yeah. them that. Yeah. Wow. Okay, so now let's talk about uh, the books. Uh, I always like when I have authors on. I like to talk about the writing process, how you got mm-hmm. started, because there are people that are out there. I personally believe everybody has a story. Now, everybody won't write a book. Some people will write yeah. songs. Some people write poetry. Some people will speak there. You know their stories,, Thanks. but how did you Thanks. get started in understanding that you know it was you were supposed to put pen to paper or them hands to the computer and and write these books that would bring healing and deliverance and all the things that it's bringing to the world?
3: The first book that I wrote in let me just say. But all of the books that I've written are like really I, I just call them mini books because they're small.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: They um mm-hmm. they just carry like specific messages uh, to deal with a none of them are fiction. All of them are nonfiction. And so the first one I wrote um, was called Help. I don't like myself, and
0: mm. I
3: came up with that out of um. Well, as I said earlier, I was in the mental health uh area for depression and anxiety, and a part of my being allowed to be discharged was that I had to agree to go to therapy and um the lady i ended up who ended up being my therapist was awesome, and um she encouraged me to write. I would uh, go down to Ocean City, sit um, on the beach for hours and just write and write and write. So one day she said mm-hmm. to me, Now you need to gather up everything that you've written and share it in a book so that it will help somebody mm-hmm. else. And so that's what I, how I started the first one. Um, and I, I keep, I've been saying for I don't know how many years now that I'm, I have, currently I have four different manuscripts that are unfinished. And oh, wow. um yeah. And, um, mm-hmm. it is I kept first it was my father died. So that just threw me off. Like oh, wow. I I can't even describe that. And then mom died three months later. Mm-hmm.
0: And then all
3: the drama with the church ministry that they founded.
0: Mm-hmm. And
3: then a year after that I had my first stroke and then I had to have my first uh, spinal surgery. So it's been like the last seven, eight, nine years, writing a book has been like the furthest thing from my mind. Um, But recently I've been really feeling in my spirit that it's time, well, it's past time um, Mm -hmm. for me to get to work because there's so much that I I can share um, in these books. And so Um, someone said to me a few years after my parents died that if I just do like the little miniature books that people like where they can carry me in their purses or men can put them in their briefcase or whatever, it would at least, Mm -hmm. it would at least mean that I was still writing because they said, if Mm -hmm. you stop writing altogether, you may never get back to (laughs) it. Yes. And so that's how I ended up, you know, doing those, those mini books and, it is true because life happens, and whether you want to want it to or not, it's going to happen. And there's always going to be a reason why you can't do what you know you should be doing. So mm-hmm. what we have to learn how to do is just do it. Even if I try to write something, yes. if I only write like 10 minutes out of the day, I write something mm-hmm. on this new novel, and I write... I, uh my father and I had agreed to do a book together before he died. Of course, mm-hmm. we didn't get to do that. And so that's one of the projects that, you um, know, I feel like I'm emotionally able to work on that now. So that's one of the things okay. that I want to work on. So, um, you know, and, and if anybody's listening and, and you want to write, just write. Like, don't worry about trying to write like anybody else. Don't worry about sounding like anybody else. Just write and do it every day because if that's what you believe, that's your passion, whatever you do, do not let anything dry up your passion.
1: Absolutely. And the thing about the mini books, too, is that there are some people that aren't going to pick up a big book and read. But they'll pick up a mini book. And they and what it is wrapped in that mini book, they might need that specific day, and they'll sit and read that whole thing that day and get everything that they need. And that, that's what I encourage individuals to do: is don't measure, as you said, just right. Don't try to be like anybody else, because that's yeah. the audience. You don't know the audience that desires to read that, you know, and and the impact that it could make. As I'm sure you know many are being blessed by your writings and it's great to hear that you're about to pick pick it back up again and i hope everybody that was listening heard the different things that she went through Um, and how, you know, writing, as you you said, was like one of the furthest things from your mind, but now you understand that it's past time for you to pick it up, so you're out there, you're listening. You know you got a book inside of you. Or you like me? You're three books behind. You know, I can tell right on myself. You're three books behind. (laughs) Pick that thing up. (laughs) I always tell myself. (laughs) Pick it up and just start writing because, well, and really now we a lot of our excuses have been eliminated because we have nothing but time right now. A lot of people <laughs> being quarantined in, you know, that's like, oh, I don't have time to write, well, what, you, what else are you doing? <laughs> you know, so, but really pick, it, pick that thing back up and begin exactly. to do it, not just to write it, whatever it is that you've been called and designed to do, pick it up and begin yes, yes. to do it. Okay. So now let's talk about, you know, we talked about where our world is now. Soon we're going to be attempting to return to normal. Mm-hmm. How do you see the new normal? Because oh, wow. I know it's not going to be like it used to be. You know, I, I know it's, it's really not going dark. to be. Yeah, so how do yeah. you see the new normal?
3: I, I One of the things that I see is really it's just going in so many different directions. It's hard to even to bring it all in. But I tell you what I do mm-hmm. know for a fact is that we have come to a place where we're where we've been forced to recognize that we need each other. Um, mm-hmm. And all of this big I little you I don't need nobody. I think a lot of that is going to be going out the window because at this point, uh, somebody said to me I was talking about um, how you know being having my physical challenges and whatnot. A lot of times I can't even get out the house to go get the things I need. And God has blessed me to have angels in the flesh is what I call them. Mm -hmm. Just when I really need something, somebody will hit me up and say, hey, sis, I'm going to the store today. you need anything? Or my cash app will thing and somebody has sent me some money Mm -hmm. that I can get somebody to go to the store. So we're all coming to realize that we need each other. It's something as mm-hmm. basic as toilet paper. I don't care how much money you got yep. in the bank, you can not hardly <laughs> find no toilet paper to spend that money on. Listen. So
0: Listen. <laughs> one
3: of the things that has <laughs> changed for us is that we're going to um, not be as high and mighty as we thought we were, and we're going mm-hmm. to be more reliant on each other and more appreciative. Because appreciative. when my friends came by and said, hey, here's four rolls of toilet paper for you, I was, you would have thought they gave me a $100 bill. I was so happy because I couldn't Mm -hmm. find no toilet paper. So what I'm saying is this thing is, is changing how we see each other and how we see ourselves because no matter how, you know, wealthy or celebrity status we have, celebrities are struggling just like the rest of us. Celebrities are getting sick just like the rest of us they on TV Absolutely. with their hair sticking all over their head, no makeup on, just like the rest of us. <laughs> so we're, right. we're starting to see each other as human again, and I think that's very important.
1: Yes. yes, and and that, like you said, that is very important because I think that that's something that's been lost along the years as well. as like, you know, we put people on pedestals or, you yes, know, based yes. upon our vantage point, we see ourselves beneath this person, and then finally, now it's like yo, know, we in this thing together. Like this is I, it, it's it's something that I never thought that I would experience in life. And right. I right. wonder, you know, now like with the generations that are to come, yeah. when they come, it's going to be this new normal is going to be normal to them, and what we were used to, you know, they won't even know exactly what we were used to. So it's just right. it has been That's a right. um. Crazy time, but I've also told people that I believe that everything that God does, God is so strategic. He's so strategic. Oh, yeah. And I believe oh, that yeah. this is, I, I said it in, you know, coming into the year. And I don't know if you this, but we've talked ourselves off the air. But, um.
3: Perhaps yes, I did. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but, like I said. I just happened to look down. And I and was like, uh oh, oh,
3: I, I <laughs> talked to you. <that. laughs>
1: no, this is, that's. That's the whole point of this show. The whole point of this show. Yeah, yeah. I met a lady. She invited me on her show. I came on her show. Um, she invited me back two months later. She said, I want to talk to you about something. I ministered to her about a family member that was going through some things. Then she told mm-hmm. she said, I want to talk to you when we go off the air. She wanted me to start this show. She wanted mm-hmm. me to start the show, so I come on and I share my story of transformation. But mm-hmm. as the show went on, it was like she opened the door for me. Why can't I be a door for somebody else that yeah, either yeah. no doors have ever been opened or yeah. somebody's you know they're they're law as I said about you in the in the write up, a lost gem that, that somebody has either they forgotten or yeah. about to be rediscovered. So when I, I like invite that. you guys yeah. on, I just want you guys to go. That that's why I tell people go just freely share what it is that God, you know, has shared with you to share with us. That's why I I don't put no, uh, send pre-organized questions. You see it seems like we're all over the place, but it it makes so much sense in the end. And I know that many, you know, will be blessed by what was said on tonight. And I do want to say before we continue, I appreciate you still coming on, even with the fever. Like that's something that can be taught to, To the generations that come too, because sometimes you know, I broke a finger. Now I'm gonna have to cancel. Yeah, yeah, You know, and they they don't mean to do that, but they've never been taught that lesson. And listen, I don't feel good, but nevertheless, it's ministry, and I still gotta go. Gotta go. I appreciate you.
3: You know, I just really I I I appreciate you having me because I was just having this conversation last that sometimes I feel unnecessary like Mm. you know i used to be traveling all the time um Mm -hmm. ministering whatever and that one of the things i said when my father my parents died i was like because i was actually living with them at the time when they died Mm. and i said now that they're gone and i don't have to worry about them anymore they're they're at peace they're not sick now i can Mm -hmm. travel and do the things that I really want to do for Mm -hmm. my ministry and whatever. And a year, like I said, not even a year later, I had the first stroke. So um, Mm -hmm. I have not been able to do what's in my heart to do. Even as far as Mm -hmm. writing the books and stuff, like I have my laptop died. I mean, it's just always something. And I started really Mm -hmm. feeling Mm -hmm. like my place in the kingdom. I don't even know anymore if I even have a place. Mm -hmm. And um, somebody I was talking to a lady The other day and she said you know what Spirit told me to tell you You need to read about and study about The prophetess Anna And Mm -hmm. The fact that she was an older woman But she was a woman Mm -hmm. with wisdom We need Mm -hmm. Anna We need Mm
0: -hmm. Women
3: that have been around a while That have seen things and have been through things Our young people need that and we need to stop letting the devil tell you that you're not needed anymore. And that's that struck something mm-hmm. in my spirit. And ever since then <clears throat> I've been asked, you know, praying <clears throat> for God to give me direction. I've been writing stuff down that I still believe that twenty twenty is gonna be a year of great transformation. Even though it's mm-hmm. starting out crazy, mm-hmm. I still believe what God said. And so
1: Absolutely. you're
3: inviting me. It's actually the first, the first um, tangible manifestation of God's promise to me for this year.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: And I and think I'm gonna explain to you
1: why I invited you too. I'm gonna tell you why I invited you. I invited you because the young people need to hear the wisdom of mothers. Yeah. From a non judgmental perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Sons need to hear it. Daughters need to hear it. Those who don't identify with gender need to hear it from a place yeah. of someone that's not going to look at them and judge them, but can give them wisdom and love them through yeah. their whole process. Yeah. And to be honest, you're the first, I've had a lot of. I had one other young lady, she's a mentee of mine, she came on. But the first motherly figure that has been, I call it in the game for a minute, that understands mm-hmm. ministry, very first one. And I was strategic. Wow. I asked God specifically cute. who wow. to say, who, I don't just let anybody on. I know some people, are, he let anybody on that show because I had a former porn star on here before, because he had a store. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. um, I know some people think he just let anybody. No, I pray specifically about the people that come on here. Yeah, and if I feel any reservation, I don't do it because yeah, I take that thing serious. So I'm excited that you know we were able to be the first, and I know we are the first of many, the first of many, the first of many. So, like she told you, don't don't look down no more. Just continue to prepare yourself to do. Yeah everything he called and created you to do because you were designed for strange doors, for strange Hallelujah. doors. So, you know, think it not strange when these strange doors start opening up because you'll go places nobody else will. I ain't going there. Right. People going to say about, uh-uh, that looks bad on my ministry. You don't care yeah. about none of that. You you thinking I got to go here to win these souls. So yes, continue to be anyway. encouraged and weak. I appreciate, as I said, you coming on and sharing so freely on tonight, even having this conversation right here. But people don't have these conversations <laughs> online, you know, we're, we're talking about right, talk to you tonight right. in the office, you know. But <laughs> the, right. your willingness to be, to be vulnerable, you know, over the airwaves, man, people don't see that. And yeah. I, I tell people that sometimes church taught me how to be a robot. Yeah. But yeah. ministry taught me how to be myself. And, wow. um, and a lot of people say, what you mean by that? But that is how, that's exactly how it was. So, again, thank you so much. I want to hit these three questions um, for you, and then I'm going to go ahead and let you go.
0: <clears throat> okay.
1: All right. All right. Okay, so now you said so much uh, throughout tonight, Evan. If everybody forgot everything that you said, what would be one thing that you want them to take away from this interview or this conversation?
3: That that they are they are special. They have purpose and they have a destiny. And no matter mm-hmm. what has happened up to this point, You have within you what you need to reach your destiny.
1: Mm -hmm. Now, the second question is, here we like to honor what we call Transforming Transformers. Transforming Mm -hmm. Transformers are mentors, spiritual leaders, those that have been there in the trenches with us, those who have pushed us to be all Mm -hmm. that we can be. Sometimes they had to rebuke us. Sometimes they <laughs> had to, you know, come on, get yourself together. I always like to honor those people on here. So do you have three, four, five, however many, you know, I um, oh, want to honor on here for being, if you just want to generalize it, you're welcome to generalize it. But those who have served as transforming transformers in your life.
3: I will say my father, number one, mm-hmm. um, because as, Strict as he was, he had a real heart for people. And Mm -hmm. he would tell me the last thing that he said to me, Well, the last thing he said to me was, I love you. But our last conversation, he said to me, I noticed that you don't talk as much as you used to. When Mm -hmm. other people shut you down, they start talking over top of you. You just get quiet. I want you to remember this. If you don't remember anything else, your voice is important. And what Uh, you have to say is just as important as anybody else. And I want you to stop letting people shut you up. That was like the very last thing my dad said to me.
1: Awesome, awesome. Is there anybody else that you wanted to hit before we move on?
3: Um, My aunt, Pastor Peggy Palmer Murray. Um, Mm. When I went through that whole uh, being um, admitted in the psychiatric ward and everything like that, a lot of my family members um, turned on me, um, called me crazy. Um, I had Several of them come to me and say, you need to stop telling people that you were in the hospital because ain't nobody want to hear you preach no more because they think you're crazy, blah, blah, blah. And I remember talking to my aunt one day, and I was just crying and crying, and I kept saying, but I'm not crazy. I'm not crazy. And she said, no, you're not crazy. This is just a part of your testimony. And she said, don't you ever let me hear you call yourself crazy, and don't let other people call you crazy. And she would call me every day and speak something positive to me. And she helped me to see that I may be different, but it's okay. Mm -hmm. I I may be different, but but it's okay.
1: Awesome. Awesome. Now, before we get to the last question, I want you to give everybody your contact information um, as far as where they can find your books, where they can follow you on social media, they can connect with you uh, with the ministry and everything else that you have going on.
3: Okay. Um, First of all, social media, you can uh, reach me on Facebook, um, James Cena Green, that's spelled J-A-M-E-S-I-N-A. Is james with the i n a on the end of it and the last name is green with the e also um i'm on instagram with the same name and um my email address is d e f t n e two thousand seventeen at gmail dot com and um you know, reach out to me on Facebook. I have a couple of different uh, pages or groups on there. And um, my my whole goal in life is just to help people, to be a blessing to people. I, I started an organization some years ago called A Mother's Cry. And um, mm-hmm. like everything else, that's kind of been put on the back burner due to a sickness or whatever. But uh, we're definitely working to get that back up and running. So. Just reach out to me on Facebook or you like i said you can email me at d e f t n e two zero one seven at gmail dot com and I'll be more than happy to communicate with you
1: awesome guys make sure you connect make sure you reach out also support everything she has going on purchase her books as well let them be a blessing to your life you feel like you don't need it. Purchase it for somebody else. Somebody needs to know, especially that help. I don't like myself. There are many people that are out there that are secretly struggling with the idea and the concept of liking themselves. And I know that book will be a blessing. So make sure you guys look her up in support. Now, here's the last question I end every conversation Mm -hmm. with. And I have never had the same answer twice. And I love that I never had the same answer twice with this one.
3: Uh,
1: who is God to you?
3: Oh my! Who is God to me? Mm-hmm. Is my non-judging best friend. Mm. And so much of my life being judged by people <clears throat> that mm-hmm. when I when I feel like okay I messed up again or this that and another he always speaks to me and reminds me that he's never leaving me he's not forsaking me he's not judging me mm-hmm. he may correct me and discipline me but he's always there right. he's my non-judgmental best friend
1: and once again I tell you it never fails. Nobody gives the same answer to that. And the reason why I end on that question is is because I want each and every one of us to understand that no matter how much we personally know about God, there are dimensions to him that we have yet to experience. And that's why we need each other because each and every one of us holds a dimension of God that we've experienced. And when we communicate that to each other, then we begin to learn even more about God. And as you learn more about God, you learn more about his creation, which is yourself. So, again, I thank you for joining us all tonight. I thank you for freely sharing with each and every one of us. To my listening audience, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Without you, there'd be no purpose for this show. I appreciate each and every one of you. Please make sure you connect me, uh, connect me, (laughs) connect with me on social media. Just type it in Clifton Petty John on all platforms to find out uh, what's going on with the show and other things Mm -hmm. that I have going on ministry-wise and business-wise. Make sure you visit my website, guys. www.cliftonpettyjohn.com. We're back here next Monday. We have another amazing guest at 10 p.m. Next Monday is 10 p.m. Okay, guys. Listen, as I always say, create a great day, walk with purpose, and by all means, execute your vision. Be blessed. Have you ever gotten to a place in life where you find yourself asking, what now? That's right. What now? Circumstances and situations have happened. You feel as if you've been hit from the left and the right. You feel as if nothing that you do ends up working out the way that you desire for it to work out, and you just don't know what you need to do right now. The reality is we've all been there, and sometimes we've been there without the tools, techniques, and strategies to help us make effective decisions to produce the future that we desire. You don't have to do this alone anymore. I invite you to listen to my podcast. That's right. My name is Clifton Pettyjohn. I'm a purpose strategist, author, transformation coach, and spiritual leader. And I host the What Now podcast. And the What Now podcast is simply conversations that teach us how to effectively face life's most difficult moments. That's right. Life's most difficult difficult moments so if you're interested in hearing the podcast I encourage you to visit my website www.cliftonpettyjohn.com again www.cliftonpettyjohn.com there there's a tab for the podcast and you can pick your favorite platform we're available on multiple platforms so you can pick your favorite platform pick the platform subscribe to the podcast listen 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 comment comment, comment. And share, share, share. All right? So I encourage you again. Make sure that you are listening to the What Now Podcast.